This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Welcome back to the Collector Car Podcast. Hey, it's Greg, and I am nursing a little bit of a cold, so I might sound a little bit different than normal. And I am going to review the top 25 sales at a public auction for 2021. Now, like I said, this will be 25 cars, but I'm just going to really focus on the top 10. I will run through the entire list, starting with number 25 to number 1. And just for some numbers on the top 25, 14 of them were sold by RM Sotheby's. Gooding came in second with 5. Uh, 14 of them were sold in Monterey. So if you wanted to go to one auction to see the highest price cars sell for the year, go to Monterey and go to the RM Sotheby's auction. Uh, 3 were sold in Scottsdale. And then when I look at breakdown as far as which cars brought the most money of the 25, 9 of them were Ferraris. Three were Bugattis, two were Duesenbergs, there were two Aston Martins, and there were four or five race cars. So I say that because two of them were full-on race cars. Uh, at least two of them were factory, like an Aston Martin DB4 GT, were factory race cars. So that's a little bit of a blurry line there. All right, starting with number 25, we have the 1959 Aston Martin DB4 GT Lightweight. That's the one I just mentioned. Now, that one sold for $3.8 million at RM Sotheby's Monterey sale. Uh, number 24 is the 1953 Ferrari 166mm Spider Series 2. Again, 3.855. Again, RM Sotheby's at Monterey. All right, number 23, 1995. This is actually, I think, our third newest car on the list. A Ferrari F50 sold for just under $4 million, again, at RM Sotheby's in Monterey. All right, number 22 is the first non-RM Sotheby's car. This is a 1930 Duesenberg Model J disappearing top convertible coupe. Sold for just under $4 million at Gooding in Monterey. Number 21 was a 1963 Shelby Cobra 289 Works car, beautiful red car. Just sold over $4.1 million RM Sotheby's again at Monterey. All right, this is one of my favorite cars of all time. Number 20 is a 1958 Ferrari 250 GT Cabriolet Series 1. I'll take a long wheelbase or short wheelbase, thank you. 
Sold for $4.4 million. This was with Gooding at Monterey. Number 19 is a 1937 Bugatti Type 57 SC Tourer. Sold for almost $4.8 million. R.M. Sotheby's Scottsdale. So that's our first non-Monterey car. Number 18 is the 1934 Mercedes-Benz 500K Special Roadster. Sold for just under $5 million at $4.9. That was Bonham's at Amelia Island. Again, our a second non-Monterey sale. Number 17 is a 1958 Ferrari 250 GT Cabriolet Series 1. Another one of those wonderful cars. Uh, this one sold for 5.25 mil. R.M. Sotheby's in one of their sales in France. Number 16 is another Bugatti, a 1934 Bugatti Type 57S. Sold for 5.3 million. That's Bonhams in London. And then number 15, we have a 1928 Mercedes-Benz S-Type Supercharged Sports Tourer. That sold for almost just a hair under 5.4 million with Bonhams in Monterey. Number 14, I think this is the only Barrett-Jackson car that made the list. A 1966 Shelby Cobra 427 Super Snake. It's the dark blue one. Famously, Carol Shelby made two of these. The comedian Bill Cosby owned the other one. And if I remember this correctly, he took it for a spin and scared him so much he returned it. And apparently that one was eventually destroyed. This is the one surviving one, twin superchargers. Sold for $5.5 million at Barrett-Jackson at Scottsdale. I believe that's the same price it sold for famously a few years ago. Number 13 is a 1929 Bugatti Type 35B Grand Prix car. That sold for just over $5.6 million with Gooding at Monterey. And then number 12, 1929 Duesenberg J Disappearing Top Torpedo. This was a an absolutely gorgeous car. One-off body. Sold for just under $6 million, 5.725 mil. Arm Sotheby's at Amelia Island. All right, the one lone car showing up for Meekum comes in at number 11, the 1965 Shelby Cobra 427. Now, this was Carol Shelby's personal car. Sold for $5.94 million. That's Meekum in Kissimmee. Now, for these last ones, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth because they're pretty cool. So I do want to start with number 11. I said the top 10, but why not do the top 11 because I like Shelby's. So this is one of the crown jewels of Carol Shelby's personal collection. This 1965 Shelby 427 Cobra CSX 3178. If it started with a 2000 serial number, it was a small block car. The 3000 serial number was a big block car. The 4000 serial number were uh, continuation cars. And then you can, there's different things for 6000, 7000, 8000 serial number cars. All right, so it was owned by Carol Shelby from the day it was assembled in March 1966 until his passing in May of 2012. One of just five 427 Cobras finished in gorgeous charcoal gray. I didn't actually think it was that gorgeous. The car arrived at Shelby's LAX facility with a black interior and without an engine and transmission like all Cobras did. The Shelby American work order specifying build 427 Street Cobra was opened on January 7th, 1966 and closed on March 3rd when it was shipped to Carroll Shelby's Dallas home sporting a 427 with dual quads and a four-speed top-loader transmission. That's a pretty cool ride. In 1972, Carroll Shelby's friend and renowned Cobra specialist Mike McCluskey restored this Cobra, repainting it in Guardsman Blue with a gold nose. At some point in its life, Carroll Shelby felt he needed more power and installed an aluminum head 427 side oiler engine with an automatic transmission. Now, this car had sold, I want to say a couple years ago, for under $3 million, and then they took it back to its original color combo with the original 427 and the 4-speed 
which had it ring the big bell uh, over $5 million. All right, number 10, 1958 Ferrari 250 GT, long wheelbase, Berlinetta Tour de France. This is a gorgeous car. The 52nd of 72 Berlinettas Tour de France built TDF, single louver example. Several one-off features specified by the original owner, French industrialist and racer Jacques Perron. I wonder if he's in the alcohol business. (laughs) It finished fourth overall at the 1958 Tour de France, formerly the prized possession of Mary and David Love for nearly 40 years, retains its original covered headlamp, alloy coachwork, chassis, engine, and gearbox. That's a pretty big deal. Meticulously restored to exacting standards with mechanical restoration by Patrick Otis. And it won an award at Pebble Beach. All right, number nine. I saw this one in person. Actually, where did that one sell? Let me tell you here in a second. That one sold with Arm Sotheby's for $6 million in Monterey. All right, our next one's a 1955 Jaguar D-Type. Again, sold for $6 million with Arm Sotheby's in Scottsdale. This was a beautiful red one. I had not seen ever seen a red D-type in my life, and it was absolutely gorgeous. So this D-type was a well-documented example with substantial period competitive history, retains many original components, including bodywork and matching numbers, engine, and cylinder head, offered in its rare, distinctive, and factory-correct red with red interior, purchased new from Bernie Eccleston by British racer Peter Blonde. Notable former owners include racer Jean Bloxham and Led Zeppelin general manager Peter Grant. All right. A little rock and roll history on that. Just absolutely gorgeous car. And when I was talking to one of the car specialists, his family actually owned it in the past. And it was one of the most original ones uh, out there from a body panel perspective. You know, original parts still on the car. All right. The next one's a 2010 McLaren Mercedes MP425 Formula One car, once driven by Lewis Hamilton. Now, this one sold with RM Sotheby's at our Silverstone auction. It was a single car auction. I actually did a a podcast talking specifically about this car a while ago, and it sold for just over $6.7 million. The first Lewis Hamilton Formula One race car and Grand Prix winning car ever offered to the public. So that's a really big deal in and of itself. Piloted by Hamilton to victory at the 2010 Turkish Grand Prix, driven in a thrilling wheel-to-wheel battle against F1 legend Michael Schumacher at the 2010 Chinese Grand Prix during the only season in which their careers overlapped. Presented in McLaren certified and fully operational condition with the support of McLaren Heritage and Mercedes AMG High Performance Powertrains. You probably want that certification. A history-making moment that with what could be the largest auction audience ever with potentially up to 140,000 fans in attendance to witness this remarkable single-lot auction because it sold right after the race. Single greatest item of Lewis Hamilton memorabilia to ever be offered for sale. And that cost a pretty penny. I think it was $6.74 million. All right. Number seven, 1972 Matra MS670. This one sold for $6.9 million with Arcurial in France. And I know zero about this car. It's a race car that sold for a lot of money. And unfortunately, that's all I can really say about it. That is it. All right. Let's go to number six. It's a 1955 Ferrari 250 GT Berlinetta. This one sold for $6.96 million. Arm Sotheby's at one of their auctions in France. Now, this is one of six 250 GT Berlinetta competition prototypes built, a forerunner to the famous 250 GT Berlinetta competition Tour de France. Presented at the 1955 Turin Motor Show, 
one of three examples built with beautiful Pinaferina Berlinetta bodywork similar to a 375mm Berlinetta. Restored by Ferrari, completed in 1977, engine rebuilt by UK-based Ferrari specialists in 1995. Ferrari Classique certified, well-documented provenance with matching numbers, engine, gearbox, and rear axle. And again, this one sold for six point, almost $7 million at the sale that occurred in France for RM Sotheby's. All right, let's move on to the top five. We've got a 1966 Ferrari 275 GTB Competizione. The 11th of 12 examples built featuring a 250 LM-type dry-sump Tipo 213 competition engine, thin-gauge aluminum alloy coachwork, and overwhelming use of lightweight components. It was one of four factory-supported privateer teams. That's a big deal in the provenance for the car. Three-time 24-hour of Le Mans entrant in 1967, 1968, and 1969. Class winner at the 1967 24-hours of Le Mans. 1969 1,000-kilometer spa, and 1969 500km of Imola. Ferrari Classic Red Book certified, accompanied by its number-matching engine and gearbox, and numerous ancillary components. Presently fitted with a six-carburetor, high-performance engine, and custom transaxle built by Rolhoff's Engineering of the Netherlands. All right, let's go to number, number four, 1962 Ferrari 268SP. Now, this one was at Arm Sotheby's Monterey sale and sold for just over $7.7 million. Scudiera Ferrari Works entry for the 1962-24 hours of Le Mans. Factory racing and, develop and developmental car for mid-engine V8 configuration that became integral to the evolution of the Ferrari Peak Car series. The only original example remaining of the six produced, fitted with the larger 8-cylinder engine and the oldest surviving V8 sports car racer in the world. Oh, that's cool. Ferrari Classic certified with the original Fantuzzi shark nose body configuration, matching numbers throughout. Campaigned under the NART banner from the late 1962 through 1963 season. Driven to the 1964 SCCA Class D Modified Championship. Only two private owners since 1969. That's a cool car. So again, that one sold for seven, just over $7.7 million. All right, we're up to the top three. A 1962 Aston Martin DB4 GT Zagato. Sold for $9.5 million, RM Sotheby's sale in Monterey. One of 19 DB4 GT Zagatos built in six left-hand drive examples. Numerous unique features specified by owner, original owner, Commander James Murray. It is equipped with the original engine, extremely well-sorted in the Andrews tradition. The ultimate vintage Aston Martin, period. Interesting. All right, so again, that one sold for $9.5 million. All right, two more to go. And both of these are from Gooding at the Monterey sale. 1959 Ferrari 250 GT long wheelbase California Spider competition car. A long wheelbase covered headlight California Spider with factory competition features. Equipped with velocity stacks, cold air box, high lift cams, ribbon gearbox, long range fuel tank, and external fuel filter, filler. Period racing history includes the 1959 Coppa Inter Europa de Monza. Matching numbers, engine, and gearbox per factory build sheets. Recently restored and presented in its original tricolor livery. Accompanied by Massini reports, unrestored hardtop, period photos, and records. So that's your number two sale of the year. Almost $11 million with Gooding at Monterey. Now the biggest sale of the year, like I said, was with Gooding at Monterey. And it's actually the second to newest car on the list here. The newest car was the Lewis Hamilton race car. 
Then we had the 1995 F50. Well, this is also a 1995 car. The McLaren F1 sold for just over $20 million, almost $20.5 million at Gooding in Monterey. An extraordinary McLaren F1 road car, one of only 64 examples built. That, I thought they built 106, but maybe that also included the race cars. I'll have to look into that. Singular color scheme. Creighton brown with light tan and Brazilian brown upholstery. Pretty striking color combo. Exceptional time capsule condition with less than 390 kilometers from new. So they did not drive this car. Delivered new to Japan, federalized by UK Technologies and US titled. Offered with Famcom tool chest, luggage, handbooks, tool roll, and watch. I think that tool chest comes with a computer because I remember watching Jay Leno's show and he showed how like it's something crazy. Like I think the the tool chest with the computer, that entire setup that you have to have to run the car was like 50 grand, something crazy. A once in a lifetime opportunity for discerning collectors. Well, that's probably pretty true. So what are going to be the big sellers next year? Now, I don't think there'll be any big changes. I think you'll have a lot of Ferraris. You have most of the big time sales occur in Monterey. I'm curious to see if a GTO peeks its head out, tests the market. You know, GTOs are now 50 to $100 million, depending on provenance. And those aren't that simple to sell at an auction because you're not going to have two, two or three billionaires with $100 million ready to go. A lot of times those have to be sold privately so that they can liquidate part of their collection to afford something as stellar as a GTO. So I'm really curious to see if one of those pokes its head out either for private sale or for public sale. Public sale would be pretty interesting. Uh, you know, just get two or three of those pre-qualified billionaires <laughs> and see what happens. I'm not sure if the Shelby Tide is over or not. Um, I think when you when you looked at these past results, I mean, the fact that the Super Snake sold exactly for what it sold for a couple of years ago, that's probably top of market for that car. We've seen some record numbers for some GT350s. Uh, now that Ford versus Ferrari is, you know, year and a half, two years old, I don't know if some of those Shelby numbers will start to cool. I feel like we might have hit a peak when it comes to just the run-up in classic car prices right now, which would be actually a welcome relief because there's some cars out there that I would like to have that I cannot afford. <laughs> and I think we'll start seeing some crazy numbers from some cars you've never heard of before. The next generation is chasing some of these Nissan Skyline R34s. I think we'll see some pretty record sales coming out of those this coming year as it gets closer to 2024 when they will be legal on the road. So I think there's a lot of fun stuff to look at coming into 2022. But that is it for now for the top 25 sales of 2021. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.